All right. So, and starting with the Proverbs 31 woman, feeling intimidated, feeling like it's a list, feeling like we're always under the bar and we will never measure up. Um, I really was praying that the Lord would give me the heart of the Lord in this because it was taught by a mother to her son uh, who had many, many wives in his life. And maybe, well, it was, and then it came back on. And this woman, she says, is rare. She starts out by saying how rare this person is. And I think that's probably the key in the sense that amongst all the women in the world, there is a woman who has a mindset, who has the fear of God, who lives in wisdom and walks in wisdom her whole life. Do you get the picture that this, these scriptures are looking at a woman who has lived this life at the end, right? This is what they're looking at. They're looking back over this woman's life and saying, this is what she did. This is how she lived. Okay. So this is not a young woman. This is in the sense, this is a woman's character, a woman's livelihood, a woman's full scope of her sphere of influence has been charted as something very rare. And there's a mindset that, that drove her in her lifetime to live this kind of life. And I look at that and I thought, you know what? Rare is valuable. They're both, they're equated, right? If something's common, it's not valuable. So the rarer it is, the more valuable it is, right? It's infrequent. It's uncommon. It's excellent. Extraordinary, okay? And this is what she's called because this in the world, just like we were talking at the table about how rare it was to have uh, to understand what how to raise our children because it was not taught to our parents and their parents and everyone is just learning and trying to do the best they can with what they have. Well, we now have something to look at as a as a comprehensive picture to be able to say now this is something to aspire. This is something that I at the end of our life that we realize has been a thing of value the whole time. And we realize that it's coming from this woman who has set aside her heart unto the Lord as a focus. And she didn't let it go. She carried it with her, her whole life. And any one of us can choose this to live with this kind of focus, this kind of heart, this kind of wisdom from the Lord. We don't have to get up every morning and walk in the wisdom of the Lord. We choose that every day. We have the spirit of God who convicts us and and moves us forward, but we choose this. A woman who fears the Lord, verse 30, I'm just going to say, you know, verse 30 says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. She will bring blessing to everything she impacts and her sphere, I say this often, it's, it's like a bubble. It's just a sphere of influence all around us. We touch only so many people in our lives. That's our sphere. And she will be 
a woman who is praised in that because she brings blessing. You know, we always, <laughs> we, we only praise the things that are a blessing, right? If it's a, if it's a curse or it's a bother, we don't praise it. You know, so <laughs> we have been impacted by other people or we impact other people and that is praiseworthy. Um, so <laughs> she uplifts, she upgrades, she increases everything that's in her sphere. So this is the heart of what the Lord is trying to say. And I think he's trying to put hands on physical um, things that we can look at kind of to measure it. But these are the things that are um, the outcroppings, if you would say, the impact or the, the effects of what she has in the inside. And um, that's what we're having to look at. And what is valuable about her? Why is she so much more than somebody else? Why is she so rare? And, you know, she did, and here we have to look at this. We have to think about this. She responds differently than most women would. She's not living in the same way as most women are. She does different things. She says different words, or she says them differently. She thinks differently, and she lives differently. That's why it's rare. And it reminds me of the chosen theme where, you know, the fish go in the opposite direction of the flow. You know, all the fish <laughs> go in one direction, and then, you know, the fish will turn around and start following Jesus, and they're going against the flow. They're the different ones. This is what it means to be rare in this world of a river of fishes going one direction and you turn around and you go the other direction. That's why it's rare. She's going against the tide. She's stand, willing to stand for things that other people don't. She's going in another direction. So what does that mean? And I remember I actually was listening to a program the other day that made me think about it when I was in the 70s, straight out of, um, I guess I was listening to someone had the impact of feminism in the world. And straight out of the Gloria Steinem, uh, Friedman era, and I remember doing a report on this when I was in high school, and I started getting the mindset of the women's feminist movement, and then the impact. And now they're coming back and saying, well, this was, a, you know, we started out with this, hoping this would better women, and then we look back now and we say, oh, this didn't help, this didn't help, this didn't help, this didn't help. Because, um, and, I, and I remember thinking, you know, as a woman of God, when I became to the Lord and I married my husband and I realized, oh, that goes against all this feministic ideology, the word of God says this, the word of God says this, the word of God says this about my life, you know, my subordination to my husband, my care for my family, which they used to consider was a prison for any woman, you know, in the feminist mindset thought that that was, you know, absolute hell, you know, to stay home with your children and you're stymieing your life and your creativity and your personality and your potential and, you know, so to go against that, I felt very judged. I felt talked about. I felt like, you know, and I remember reading articles in Christian magazines, the fight. There was an actual fight between women who stayed home and women who didn't. And they had guilt about this and they had guilt about this. And it was just, just, just con it was conflict. And you realize you have to be willing to, to get that, to have that conflict. Uh, because you're choosing something that 
the word of God says and the Holy Spirit of God and the word of wisdom shows us to do. So it's always what happens to someone who goes against the flow. Always. We have to be willing for that. Now, that's not, it, it's not said in this, on these pages, is it? It's not said. And it just tells us, you know, this is what she looks like and this is what she does. That's why I just felt like this morning, you know, we've all been through these studies before and, and I, it's not that I'm not going to touch on these points, but we really need to think about what this means for my life if I really want this kind of impact to be this woman that is rare, that is valuable, that makes an impact on the people in their lives towards God. And I think about that. It's like, you know what? It's brave. We have to be brave. We have to be strong. And it's something the Holy Spirit, of course, empowers us to do because he's the wisdom which even directs us to do this. So he's in us and empowering us for this. But let's be clear, there should never be an accusation against us that is because of our flesh. We're going to get plenty, we're going to do plenty wrong. And let's not confuse the accusations that come against a godly woman in this world for an accusation against me and my flesh. I have to be aware that just because I'm coming up against opposition doesn't mean that I didn't do something wrong. (laughs) So I have to be willing to, to fess up with that too, to live in opposition of the world's flow does not necessarily mean that I'm not going to do something wrong and meet opposition. So I have to know and be wise about the differences. Um, Because we need to always be walking in the wisdom and the spirit of the Lord, which means, you know, I'm not walking in the flesh. So we have to repent for those things. We have to own up. We have to forgive and be forgiven and ask forgiveness. And we have to make restitution for those things. We just talked about that, how that happened in our family with our own children sometimes and having to go back and say, I was wrong. I, will you forgive me? You know, and know that that wasn't the spirit of the Lord just because I'm trying to be a virtuous woman. So um, as a wise woman, our differences should always be the same as Christ. Not, our, you know, our differences, not necessarily fleshly opposition. So we, you know, we have to look at who he is. And interestingly, you know, his character is the gentle, the lowly. His character is lived every day doing the will of God, tirelessly, relentlessly, doing the will of the Heavenly Father, filled with compassion, filled with words of wisdom, filled with authority from the Word of God. And died sacrificially for others. And do we not, Jesus say, did not Jesus say, you have to die to yourself. Take up your cross and die daily and follow me. So this is how we live for God to the benefit of others. And this is why it's so rare. This is just the picture of a woman who does this versus a man, because it really points out the difference in our callings as women versus men. And we don't... If we were all supposed to do the same thing, then that wouldn't work, you know, in this world, you know, and God really set it together so beautifully to have a provider protector for this unit that is very vulnerable, small children and women who don't have the same amount of strength. I'm sorry. There's no way I I work alongside my husband and I am just gobsmacked. Is that a word? I'm shocked at how much stronger he is than me. 
And, you know, he doesn't think anything about it. He just does what he does and, you know, and I'm like, you know, I am, it's just incredible. I am more vulnerable than he is in any situation that another man came into, you know, and, and if wanted to do us harm. So God knew that our callings had to be completely, um, very precise in one sense, very specific to our gender because of our differences. So because of that, this is what it looks like to be a woman filled with the Holy Spirit of God, living of life, who is led by the Spirit of God in wisdom. This is what she looks like. Isn't that interesting? What a nice picture. I'm not even sure that he has anything like that for men anywhere in the Bible, you know. And I think that really helps me, who has been, you know, been on the outskirts of this feministic ideology since I was young. And I know it's really strengthened and goodness gracious, the ideology is just really pushed upon us and our young, young gals uh, throughout all their schooling. So we really have to know the difference. And I'm really glad that God took the time to make this, this really clear. So this PR 31 woman, this is what the kids call it in Bible college, the PR 31. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. It's unique and uncommon person. And one it's very rare to have lived this life all the way through. So she's described at length in 21 verses. And we know that these, that some of these descriptors that we may say we're willing to do or that we are trying to be, or we have some success as, you know, that we set as goals. But to be honest, the, the real rarity is to have them all. And it's not a checklist per se, as much as it is the end result of a full life of a woman lived, living her life. Let's read it. Starting Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 31. An excellent wife who can find for her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts her. He will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it from the earnings she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and she makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands grasp the spindle. Those are loom terms. Um, she extends her hand to the poor. She stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself and her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her saying, many daughters have, not, have done nobly and you excel them all, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands or the fruit of her hands and let her works 
praise her in the gates. Amen. The word of the Lord to us. What a praise. So we see this woman from the perspective of how she works and interacts with her. And I've got them on the page there with her husband, with her household, with her business, with her community, with her and her character and her children. So I'm not going to go in detail with each one of these, but I am going to point out the scripture verses that point to these things because this is an, I, I just want us to think about this woman. She's, she's ambitious. This is her character trait. She's ambitious. She's visionary. She thinks of quality, not quantity. She's, you can put these down there if you want under the character, because this is who she is. She's, she thinks they're profitable to her. They're carefully planned. So that's, that's her character. This is something that God has worked in her character. Uh, and I think about that ambitious, visionary, quality, honorable, profitable, and carefully planned. Now that is something that I can look at to me more of a checklist than actually the, the list of her, you know, what she's doing with her hands exactly, because we're not all going to have the same, um, businesses and we're not all going to have the same, you know, households because I don't have servants in my household. I don't know about you, but (laughs) so, uh, but they can't merely happen because I'm a nice, decent person. Okay. This happens every aspect as a result of having a pleasing heart and looking forward to better results. Something that I'm really trying to be improving than what would just passively happen. If I just let life passively happen, this won't happen. This won't happen. So we're looking at being very intentional. This is a lifetime result of living wholly, intentionally, all out for God and for others in in my sphere of influence, in my people, in my world, in my neighborhood, my community. And if I look at my husband first, which he's the one we're united with, he's the one I am one with, which God sees us, um... I am united in one heart, in one purpose, and I'm building my life together with this man. And that's an important thing to view because a lot of times if we look at ourselves as separate because we don't view the same or we don't view scripture the same or we may not have the same, um, we feel like we're not, they're not pursuing the Lord to the same degree we are, whatever. We don't see ourselves fully as one, but we are building together our life and this, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life, not his life, <laughs> all the days of her life. Think about that even after, you know, a husband may pass before a wife and often does <clears throat> all the days of her life. She's doing him good and not evil, which means it carries on even that building process, even past our, um, you know, our, our physical days, you know, there, there are there we we're living to build and love and honor that includes his children our children our home our you know inherited or the things that we pass on to our children so um and it's interesting that his heart completely trusts her you know verses 11 and 12 his heart trusts her completely and he's not worried about her doing things that are going to make things worse uh financially uh, reputationally and, you know, my husband, when we were first married, he would say this a lot. You know, that speaks worse of you than it does of me. And I would think, I'm tearing down. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, it's like what I was saying, or the thing that I might have been joking about um, in our relationship, I, I, we would say way too much in public about our own personal relationship. 
because I thought, you know, because people, let's just face it, the world, if you're in a group of secular women, it's about man bashing all the time. And you know what? And my son tells me in the workplace, that's what it's like for men too. Woman bashing all the times, like my wife, this, blah, blah, you know, just complaining of the issues and the differences and the problems. And so it just makes us feel better to say something negative. And it's like, you know what, that his husband didn't even worry about, didn't even think about his wife possibly having that kind of issue because she never spoke those things that she may have had real issues with in a way that would dishonor or, or make the relationship seem less. And not that you're trying to be fake, but there's a difference between being real and being negative. And be, you know what I'm saying? It's so he never had to worry. His heart completely trusted that whatever she was saying apart from him was w- what he knew to be that she would say it with, you know, she would only keep it to the things that were honorable and true and good and beautiful and lovely and just and right. You know, all those things that God tells us to focus on. Financially, he's not, she said, um, he will will not lose. He, there will be no lack of gain. He will not lose. He's not going to lose financially, relationally, or in his honor. He's not going to lose because he trusts that what she's carrying for them is not something that's going to tear down. Verse 23, I'm going to skip there because that's about her husband. And I've kind of, since I've done this topic, topically in, in, in our <clears throat> relationships, verse 23 says, um, her husband is known in the gates and he sits among the elders of the land. And that just, you know, that really speaks of publicly honored and community, community respect. She supports and adds to his honor. She doesn't compete for it. She doesn't control him. She does. She's, uh, she knows he's his own man. And just like you don't want him to control you and the things, you know, and you want, he want him to honor who you are as a person you do this, you know, you do that for him. He's his own man. He's honored together with you. you re- we realize, you know, we're, by, by honoring our husband, we're building up ourselves. And it's the same in reverse. You know, as he builds us up, we're both growing. We're both bettered by that. And it's the same thing. So being careful with my mouth is huge. Being careful with my body language. You know, whatever my husband says, do I like, roll my eyes. You know, I just, the community, non-verbals are amazing. To honor someone is to be careful about how they're perceived. And we are, we're a huge part. I'm not going to say we're the other half. I don't really know how that goes, but really how we um, add to his honor is in, in our hands. It's in our hands. It's in our, it's our choice. And verse 28 and 29 says, he praises her. The husband says, he praises her, saying, many daughters have done nobly. You excel them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And he's saying to her, you know, you're my wife and I love you because this is who you are and this is what you've helped you do. And he praises her and he knows, he knows he doesn't look the same. He knows you're not going to look the same, you know, as we're getting older. And, and, you know, that's a whole thing the world tries to just really throw on us as a, just a, a weight and a condiment. You know, I think the enemy just laughs at all that. It's like, 
you know, the Lord tells us that life is like a vapor and a flower that fades. Do we really think, did we really think that we were going to be like we were when we were young the whole, our whole life? I mean, you know, we'd like to think we can get back to that. No, our bodies aren't even able to get back to that. But interestingly enough, but he praises her for the things that are incredibly more important than even the body that body looks. And we know how important that is to men as well. So it's really an important thing to, to work in the sense, having our mindset for the oneness of our, our relationship with our husband. All right, let's look at the household. Verse 13 through 15 says her husband, um, whoops, wrong. 13 15, wrong page. She looks for wool and flax, works with her hands in delight. She's like a, she's like merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's still night and she gives food for her household and portions to her maidens. So all that about her house, you know, it's the planning. It's the, you know, the shopping, looking from, you know, all the things that we have to do to keep a household running. I don't know if your husband tells you all the time, but my, even if I just mop the floor or whatever, he's like, I'm so glad you're a clean person. I'm so glad. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, maybe your husband doesn't care that much and he doesn't notice that much, but just the fact that you are making sure that you have the supplies in the cabinet to be able to clean the floor. And you know, how much time did anybody ever, if we, if anyone would have told me how much time it takes to, to have food prepared for meals, I would have said, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to get married because it's so much time and you add children to that. And, you know, but you know, you got to plan it. Then you've got to go shop for it. Then you've got to store it. Then you've got to prepare it. Then you've got to clean it up. That's five things just for food, you know? <laughs> and we think, oh gosh, no wonder I'm tired or no wonder it takes up so much of my time and I don't have, it's just for the meal. And then when you eat it, it's gone. And then you sit down and it's like, yeah, <laughs> you do it all over again. I used to have, uh, one of my kids used to be my little alarm clock. It was like, what's for breakfast? What's for lunch? What's for snack? What's for dinner? What's for dessert? And it was like, I always had to have the answer. And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was through homeschool and we had it, you know, all day long. You know, it was like never. <laughs> and um, so I finally realized I don't have to answer this child. <laughs> But it was it was funny because it was like this constant reminder. It was like the tension kept building. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. What is for lunch? I don't know. You tell me. What's for lunch? But um, <laughs> it really, the weight of that is no small thing. And that's just the food. That's not even the care and the maintenance of your home or your clothing, which, you know, let's just face it. Our husbands have, they have a different... Uh, take on things. They, they don't care that much about it. They don't think that much about it. So if we're up to them, they'd be, who knows, they'd be wearing cargo shorts and dirty t-shirts. I don't know because they really don't care that much. And so (laughs) it's like, we are the ones who think, but you know, God talks about this being as a thing of beauty. She prepares for all the needs. She's not just herself. She's vigilant. She's resourceful. She's not lazy. She's not self-centered. She can't be idle. God forbid, you know, then a lot of things would not get done. The food prep, the purchase. Anyway, so it's so daily, so huge, never stops. (laughs) You know, if you just took those verses you know, and those alone would be enough to keep us working tirelessly all our, all our days. Um, 
but that's not all, you know, in the sense, but it is something that we look at is like, oh, well, it's just taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, taking care of the food. It's um, something God wants us to view with perseverance and excellence. And, you know, we find now, you know, we know a lot more about what we've fed our children our, our whole lives and how that impacts them as adults and how the food is different now and we have to think differently about our foods and, and the health issues and the allergies and just so much more, right? We can't be passive. And so this part of living out our life in our household is takes on a whole different um, priority than it used to. And I think we were all shifting in that area, are we not? We're all shifting, even after, our, you know, I'm at the point too where I have an empty nest. Uh, even after that, still for my husband and myself, preparing and having things correctly in the house for our needs. Shift, it's a shifting thing. It's not, you know, when you have childhood food allergies, you have, you plan differently than if you don't. Um, so I really think God is blessing us to think of as our our women's responsibility, this beautiful, rare godly woman to consider her household with things that are not just average in the sense, just, you know, God moving forward to better learning more, understanding things differently, because it's not a, it's a moving target. It's a moving target in our life. So we have to, um, preparing for the needs of all. And they say it so simply, you know, two little verses, but let's face how much of our life is this two verses. You think about that's an incredible thing. Her business. Now I, I know that, um, okay, let's just read it. Verses 16 through 19 that she considers a field. She buys it from her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength. She makes her arms strong and she senses that her gain is good and her lamp does not go out at night. So, oh yeah, she stretches out her arm to the distaff and her hands grasp the spindle. That has to do with, you know, making the fabrics, which possibly she was using for her linens, for her children, for, you know, the clothing. But it also could be for what she talks about, you know, where she supplies belts to the tradesmen. Could have been part of that too. But it all talks about being resourceful and talented and skilled and learned. You think she knew how to do that just instinctively? No. She had to be taught. She had to learn. She had to grow in her ability to find something that uh, helped her family. And then possibly after her family and children were grown, um, something that she could sell, you know, to, and, and just, you, you realize here that it's, she learned markets. She learned trade. She learned some of those things. She kept busy, her mind, her body. She made products. She learns financially. She's not fully relying on her husband in the sense, or she's contributing to their household because of this. So, uh, you know, this whole war that was the working, non-working thing, you know what? It meshes right in the middle because God praises this. And so it's a beautiful thing to know that our, God puts that in our hearts to be productive, to be useful, to be also contributing to the household. And I remember feeling that way so much when my husband was going, we were in Bible college and just feeling like, 
oh my goodness, I need to do something, you know. And and so I put on my little sales suit and I went out door to door selling. I can't even remember what. And the kids were little and it was when, you know, and I don't even remember how I did the kids. It must have been during a time when Greg was home for a couple hours and I decided or, and I was going to do, um, I was going to do childcare in our home and I was going to open up our home for this. And I just had a new baby and, you know, just all these things just fell through because it was like, there's no way I'm going to watch somebody else's child and pick. I know I would go pick them up because I felt more obligated to pick up that child than my child if they're both crying at the same time. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. You know, so I changed my mind based on what was happening in my home. But that doesn't mean, you know, that desire is still there. The desire to contribute, the desire to be a help. And I know a lot of parents, uh, I should say husbands, kind of look at this, I feel, a little bit um, backwards. And they feel like that if their wife isn't contributing, she's not bringing in a paycheck that she's not actually contributing. And that's not true either. Because what on earth would he do if he had to pay for the child care, if he had to pay for the cleaning, if he had to pay for, you know, everything that she's doing? There's no way. You know, if you added, that happens every single time. Um, if, <laughs> if you added it all up on paper, you know, she's making a lot of money for the family by doing what she's doing. So I know that there is that, but I think in this ta- context, it's actually talking about making yourself resourceful to in the marketplace. So it is a, a real blessing to think about the possibility of how, especially in seasons in our life, as God has shown us that we um, look and learn and keep busy and um, to not, uh, not to feel like it's um, not to push that all on our husband too, or make them feel that weight so much more even as our lives change. So it's really interesting, isn't it, to think about, and I've had, that's kind of what, what I'm um, looking at in my own life now, uh, that li- our life is different than it used to be. Um, God will show us the way. He will teach us. But uh, um, let's look at her community, what she gives to her community, verse 20. And I love this. She extends her hand to the poor and stretches out her hand to the needy. And, you know, this generous, hospitable, giving when the need arises. She sees a need, she meets a need. It's in her thinking. She has a hospitable mindset. She's willing to give and share what she has in her own hands to someone who she sees. And maybe it's even the whole idea of someone sick and they can't do it right now. Not that they would never be able to, but she's not sick and she can help. You know, there's always something that we have that we can give to someone who's in a troubled situation. And she says, you know, it says, um, extends to the poor and the needy. And needy isn't necessarily poor. (laughs) You're going to have dire situations who have plenty of money, but they're in need. And what that shows up in a lot of different ways in people's lives, whether it's the conversation or the lunch or the emotional support or they just had surgery or whatever. You know, there's a lot of need in this world and she's looking and she's willing. So that's such a blessing. God looks at that with high honor. He looks, because his heart is to be hospitable, isn't it? And then her character, we've already talked about that. She strengthens herself in verse 17. She makes her arms strong, and I think this whole thing, um, we talked a little bit about our health, but just knowing that our hearts have to be ready to keep ourselves, we have to keep ourselves in the mindset of, I can't do this if I don't take care of myself. 
And a lot of times we're in, as we're in caregiving situations, we let ourselves become haggard. We, you know, and we, I don't know if the play the martyr is not the right word. We're just not being careful to tend to ourselves in the way that we need to, in order to be the most effective that, and if we let ourselves get unhealthy, we, uh, don't strengthen ourselves and we're, um, you know, we, it's easy to let that just happen because life just carries us on and our schedule so busy, but we have to think about how that plays into our family. Sometimes we have to ask our husband, can you do this for this block of time so I can either go to the gym or whatever I need to do, or I need to say, okay, that uh, I've got the, the child monitor on. I'm going to walk, you know, around the house or, you know, something that I can, if the kids wake up, then I can get there quickly. There's always something that I can do to be strengthening myself because not only does it help our body, it helps our minds, right? All the, we know now all the circulation issues, you know, all the things that our body, you know, she's caring about that. She strengthens herself. She's not looking for somebody else to do it for her. She strengthens herself. So she's being careful to look at about herself. And I think about that too. In, in the sense of, too, um, her arms are strong. She makes her arms strong. Now, that's physical exercise. That's physical. You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes, let's, let's just be honest, our husbands like looking at bodies that are stronger than flabby. You know? <laughs> it's true. But it's for, and I like looking. I like, you know what I'm saying? I like looking at myself better, too, if I fit in my, my clothes better, too. But God looks at those things, and he's, he values that. He puts that in there for a reason because he wants us to be thinking about ourselves and it's part of an honor. The world honors that, but also our husbands honor that, our children honor that, and um, he uses it for his kingdom. All right, verse 21 says, um, verse 21 and 22 talks about the respect that she has by building herself up. She's not needy and clinging to her husband. She's prepared. She's ready. And I think about that um, a lot because, you know, she's got uh, a mindset that is, it's, it's just not, it's self-confident enough to be prepared to look forward, to take care of other people. And, and yet she does have needs. You know, she does have needs from her own um uh, emotional needs, sexuality needs. There's a lot of things that we have needs for. Um, But she's not the clinging, grasping, you know, woman that is controlling and, you know, just begging. You know, there's a huge difference between a woman whose character is, is honorable and respectful. And it just encompasses so much of our life, does it not? And I look at verse 26 where it says, her words are kind and wise. That's part of her character too. She's a teacher. She teaches and she's, her heart is, it just comes out of her as wise. I don't, you know, we could, we could talk about how that plays into our time in the word and our prayers and, and the Holy Spirit and submitting to the Lord and how that wisdom just grows in our life. It's all part of that. But this is what her children rise up and call her blessed. Now this tells you this is at the end of her life. (laughs) This is not the beginning. 
her children rise up and call her blessed, her, her husband also, which means there hasn't been something that has remained in her life where her children are estranged in the sense of where they're remaining apart from you because you've not resolved some things or um, her children rise up and call her blessed because they have seen the big picture. They've seen the overall arching story of her life and they look back and they think this is not normal. This is unusual because they see their friends struggling in their broken homes and they see their friends, um, you know, just, you know, fractured families and relationships. And, and with, when a, when a woman who fears the Lord lives a full life of this sacrificial, honorable, strong, blessed, generous, kind life. Her children can't even, you know, our kids, let's be, they will be the first one to tell us when we're doing something wrong. <laughs> they will be the first to notice it, <laughs> you know. But um, they can't deny that God has blessed the life of the woman. And of course, they try to say it on Mother's Day every day with whatever they give us, which is a blessing, <laughs> you know, they try. And of course, it means way more to us than they will ever know, you know, their praise and their thanks and their um, their gifts. But to have um, all this before us, the end of our lives, to look back and see what God has given, do we not sit in just awe, thanksgiving, and realize without the Lord, we wouldn't be this way, or our lives wouldn't have this, and we wouldn't have... We would be just like everybody else. Yes. Thank you. We would. We would just be like every other, you know, we wouldn't be uncommon. We wouldn't be rare. We wouldn't be the exception. It's the Lord. And and I'm glad we're getting into the study where she talks about how is the practical, what is the practical way that this plays out in our lives. And um, so we're going to get to talk about that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word that's just giving us jewels and gems, Lord, golden nuggets for our lives as women because we are always feeling under the gun and the pressure, Lord, in all the areas of our life, and we feel like we don't need just one more spiritual pressure to try to live a certain way, Lord. We are realizing this is the work of your spirit in our lives, God, as you train us, you teach us, you grow us, Lord, and you make us by your spirit into the women that you've called us to be very special, very unique, very uncommon, very rare, very blessed. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.